Good evening. evening. <laughs> it's so good to be with you again. Une and I have really looked forward to be with you. Um, but we're thinking of you much more these days. You didn't know that, but that's because one of you is with us in Maastricht. <laughs> We've got Noah with us. Where are you, Noah? There he is. And uh, it's wonderful to have Noah with us. Uh, and he reminds us of Crawley, of your church, um, because he's such a blessing. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> you thought I wanted to say something different. No. It really is a blessing. And just seeing a young man like him, uh, just because God spoke to him, uh, and uh, through God speaking to him, he came. And uh, I think it takes courage for a young man not knowing anyone and then turning up in a strange environment. I think it's wonderful. Uh, but it also shows that courage comes from faith, and faith comes because God speaks to you. So tonight God can speak to all of us, and we can receive faith and courage, and then see God do amazing things. Um, the subject for today and tomorrow is healthy hearts. And it's amazing how much the Bible speaks about the heart and how important the heart is. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but then you think about the heart and this pumping machine inside. And, but God speaks about the heart in a much broader sense. And I hope that these days will help us uh, to see a little bit more of that. It says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The Lord, I the Lord, searches the heart and examines the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. And I've taken that as a start. Uh, simple, because it says that the heart is beyond cure. But that was Old Testament, and that was basically it, but Jesus came. <laughs> and in Jesus, your heart is cured. So we're not talking about tonight and tomorrow about curing our hearts. That's done. Um, and I'd love to pray for that, pray uh, to God for this, and just for our time together, and for what he's already done, and uh, there's another aspect that we can work together and help our hearts to become uh, healthy hearts. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Is it okay? I'll just shortly pray and then we'll get, get going. Jesus, we thank you so much that you have cured our hearts. It's not the same anymore. You came and you gave us a new heart, a heart that is able to, to, to listen to you, a heart that is understanding your ways. And thank you so much, Lord, for this, what was incurable has been cured in Jesus Christ when you died on the cross. And Father, we just pray over these days together that we will know uh, of your presence amongst us and we will find you to be able to touch our lives in a fresh way that our hearts where it needs adjusting or when it's maybe a little bit broken or uh, maybe directed in the wrong uh, way, that you will help us to steer it right uh, by your grace. Holy Spirit, we need your help. It's not something we do ourselves, Lord. We are so dependent on you, and we pray for your presence, Lord, while we're talking about these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. So when the Bible speaks about the heart, when it mentions the heart, it talks about our desires, our emotions, and our attitude. So when you think about the heart, think character. Think personality. Think the way that you come across to other people. The way that you uh, maybe think you are uh, living, but other people perceive you in a different way. That's the heart. And the Bible says our heart needs curing, but that's what Jesus has done, because he's given us a new heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 26, says, God has taken the heart of stone out of us and given us a heart of flesh and a new spirit. That's instant. That's immediate. It's there. So you and I have become a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. But Romans 12, verse 2 says that at the same time, we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's a, a process. So you have a, a, a changed heart, a solid foundation, a great starting point in being a new creation. But still, we need growing in our understanding and at times of healing of the things that have happened to us whilst we've been a Christian. I look back over my life and I look back, I can, I'm a bit older now, I can look back a bit longer. And uh, there are many times where my heart needed healing, where things had entered into my heart that I found very difficult. At times it caused depression, at times frustration, at times trying to prove myself. Loads of things that we're going to talk about these days, uh, I'm basically talking about my own heart. There's a lot of things that have not been right with it, and still I'm in a process myself. Psalm 78, verse 70, uh, it says, David shepherded the people according to the integrity of his heart. So God primarily chose David for his heart. David being a man after God's own heart. Um, I read a fantastic book uh, from Dallas Willard, and the book is called The Renovation of the Heart. And he describes how we can put on the character of Christ in the forming of our hearts. And he says this, the part of us that drives and organizes our life is not the physical part. You have a spirit within you, and it has been formed. It has taken on a specific character. I have a spirit, and it has been formed. The spirit within us takes on whatever character it has from the experiences we have lived through and the choices we have made. That is what it means to be formed. How we live in the world both now and in the future is almost totally a result of what we have become in the depths of our being, in our spirit, our will, and our heart. Now, how do we apply that practically? It has to do with your experiences, and your choices. And uh, I, I think I told earlier that some people, you have one person who's got the same experience as another person, and the one person with the same experience becomes a better person, and the other person becomes a bitter person. 
No difference in, in the experience or circumstances, <coughs> but the choices that they make in the circumstances and experiences turn out to either become a better or a better person. And some people, when they grow older, they become very grumpy. <laughs> Other people are very joyful when they grow older. And that's not happened overnight. That's not just happening at the end of their lives. It happened in all the choices that made during life. And then they become older and they become a very nice grandmother or they become a very grumpy one. And I've made the decision already, I would love to be a nice one <laughs> for my grandkids' sake. So Dallas Willis says it's not automatically going to happen. So don't think that everything that comes your way automatically makes you a very nice Christian. It doesn't. You have to make some choices to stay a very nice Christian. So the heart is so precious that we are challenged to guard it above anything else, it says. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance because it is the wellspring of life. So keep your heart, guard your heart, protect your heart. So our hearts need us to protect it. No one else is going to do the protection for you. You have to protect your heart. And Proverbs 4 challenges us to do it with all vigilance. And the word used here has its meaning serving through the night or before dawn. In other words, be especially on the alert when you start to get tired. It's very tricky when your heart gets tired, when you have no energy to let your heart go. When you're disappointed in someone, when you're frustrated with something, it's easy to let your heart go. But the Bible says, now when it's just in the dawn time, when you, you doze off, the Bible says, be alert. So don't doze off. When you feel like, I've had enough of this. You know, as soon as you do this, you let your heart go. And, and the Bible says, don't do that. Guard your heart, especially when there's those moments of dawn as a Christian. Other meaning is something we do the day before a festival. So vigilance means what you do the day before a festival. So it's not only when you get tired, but also when you're very excited. Guard your heart. When you're very successful, guard your heart. You know, most, some people fall after having great success. Why? Because they're not guarding their hearts when they are rejoicing. It's both. We tend to lower our guards when we've done some great things. Just look at Elijah, the Mount Carmel, how it went after that. So the best way to understand your heart, and that's why we are together tonight, and I really, I'm really amazed with so many of you here tonight. You have really suffered the cold, but you came out here. <laughs> but I tell you this, your, bed, your best way of understanding your heart is not by yourself. 
We need one another in understanding our hearts. And over these two days, I'm doing a little bit of talking now, so bear with me, but there's loads of questions we're going to ask one another. Uh, because I'd like you to just be interactive with this. The best way is you need, we need help, and the best help is sitting next to you probably, or behind you, wherever. This is what um, C.S. Lewis says about how that works, and worked with his friends. C.S. Lewis, the famous writer who was part of a little threesome of dear friends, his name was Jack, really, um, but, uh, which was the name that Lewis preferred to have above being called C.S. or Charles Staples Lewis. Jack, Ronald, and Charles. One was no better friend than the other. They were sort of like equally best friends with each other. Then a great tragedy. Charles died. Jack Lewis, as he was thinking about this, as grieved as he was, he said, well, I have Ronald. And if anything, we'll be closer than before. Because now that Charles is gone, we're best friends. If anything, now that Charles is gone, I'll have more of Ronald than I did before. As the weeks and months went by, after Charles died, Jack found he was wrong. His intuition was wrong. He actually did not have more of Ronald. He actually had less. Because there was a side of Ronald that Charles brought out that Jack could not. And that part was lost. Then we began to think about it. So what C.S. Lewis is saying is this. It takes community to really know a person. I need other people around me to tell me how my heart is and how I'm doing. So we need more people, not less people, to bring out the best in us. Never think the best of you is when you're on an island by yourself. It doesn't. Proverbs 4, verse 23, in another translation, says this, Keep your heart above all keeping, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So your own heart is the most important thing to watch over in your life. So keep a close heart. The responsibility for your heart is in your hands. So what I hear, what I see, what I study is very important. But what I keep is of most importance. And what I keep is totally my responsibility. If I keep in my heart unforgiveness to a person, towards another person, that other person might never know, but I do. And if I keep what doesn't need to be there or doesn't belong there, unforgiveness, then it will affect my heart. Another person will never know, but it will damage you. So guard your heart. Don't keep the things that don't belong there. Get rid of it. So we cannot always um, prevent things from seeing them. We cannot always prevent hearing things that we should not be hearing. At times we can, but at times we can't. The important thing is what am I doing with what I've so seen or what I've heard. So over these days, 
we'll probably touch on a couple of things like how do you handle gossip in your heart? How do you handle criticism? How do you deal with things that are not as easy at times? The guarding here in this passage is like a prison. <laughs> you guard things like in a prison. So you keep your heart, not in a prison in a lateral sense, well, it's, it's captivated, but you put it in a place where you can watch it. Someone in prison, you can just get a cup of coffee, you know it's there. He'll not leave. And, and, and the Bible says, you keep your heart in a place where it's not leaving. So you have a watchful eye on what's happening with your heart. And the question is, do you know where your heart is at this moment in time? Have you given your heart the right attention? So, over these days, what we will do is, we'll touch on eight different hearts. I hope you get there. And from every heart, we look at the vulnerability of that particular heart. So we talk, uh, we talk about a heart that is releasing other people. A heart that finds that it's releasing everything, basically. It's surrendering all the time. So we'll look at the opposite of a releasing heart. We look at scriptures in the, in the Bible of uh, examples of a heart that isn't releasing and of a heart that is releasing. And we'll ask a few questions to one another and talk about it and see where we are growing in a healthy heart or where we feel we need help in that particular area. We're going to pray for one another. And I am absolutely convinced that after these two days, you'll have some tools in your hands to guard your heart and to be more effective as a Christian, and not just by yourself, but as a community together. Because I believe if the church is filled with people with healthy hearts, you have a healthy community. And a healthy community will affect this city. I've also found that not all the hearts apply for me, apply to me in every time. So it might well be that over these days, one or two particular hearts are really for you. I am absolutely convinced that one or two will apply for you. So don't feel they're all, well, unless you are completely perfect. Um, some of you might be here. But I have a first question, and the question is, if you could turn around to someone, I would prefer if you would talk with someone who you don't, maybe, well, you know, okay, but not, I'm saying not in a, a marriage uh, setting, because I think it'd be good to just uh, talk with someone else. Um, I prefer man with man, women with women, because of the heart issue, and some of the emotions and stuff involved. So, um, we probably come back to it once or twice tonight. So you may talk with two or with three. I'm happy or with four would probably be too much because you want to get around and talking with everyone. So if you can find someone, this is the question. In what ways are you helping yourself in guarding your own heart? So it's another question linked in with this. How does this work for you? And what kind of decisions have you helped you in the past in the way you guard your own heart? Are the questions clear? Let's 
give ourselves five minutes, talk about it, and then we'll come back and then we'll probably touch on the first half for tonight. <laughs>